You're listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association's Washington, D.C. office. Hello, everybody. My name is Ashley, and welcome back to Beltway Beef. On this week's episode, we have Mary Thomas Hart. Uh, She is a very familiar voice to the podcast, as it seems like she is always working on something environmental related for NCBA and, and for our producers. And this week, we have her on to talk about an SEC rule that would be very problematic for our industry. So, Mary Thomas, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. And will you just give us an overview of the rule and and what you've been working on so far? Sure. Um, Well, I'll just tell you that it's been a steep learning curve for me. I think it's a steep learning curve for everyone in the agricultural industry because the agricultural industry, by and large, has never been regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission. But that could change. So back in March, the SEC proposed a rule that would mandate greenhouse gas emissions reporting for all publicly traded entities. And those mandated reports include scope one or direct emissions, scope two or electricity and energy generation emissions, and scope three or supply chain emissions. So that means that any publicly traded company that sells beef could be required to submit greenhouse gas emissions reports to the SEC that include emissions from the cattle supply chain. So when we talk about this and we talk about regulations in general, can we kind of set the record straight here? We're not opposed to regulations. We're just opposed to regulations that simply simply don't work for us. Is that correct to say? I, I think that's fair to say. You know, we, we understand that, you know, regulations to an extent are important to keep our food supply chain safe, right? Food safety regulations are so important. We appreciate regulations that, you know, Uh, prevent market manipulation. We appreciate environmental regulations when they are put together mindfully and help farmers and ranchers effectively manage their operations. Um, But rules like this that are so short-sighted and fail to consider the the far-reaching impacts of of their implementation, um, like you said, we, we just don't appreciate stupid regulations. Right. And I think what you've got to keep in mind here is that farmers and ranchers are doing things and investing money and other resources and an immense amount of time every single day to be more environmentally friendly, to increase stewardship, to participate in voluntary conservation. We want to protect the natural resources, but we've got to be able to do it in a way that allows folks to run their businesses in an efficient way, but in a way that can actually keep them viable. I'm always happy to throw out the stats, Ashley. So, you know, since 1960, U.S. cattle producers have reduced our emissions per pound of beef by 40%. Um, And our emissions are only 2% of the overall U.S. greenhouse gas emissions. And, And, you know, I think when we consider the SEC rule, a big part of it is just our inability to calculate those emissions accurately. Um, You know, we've run into this issue before, whether it be, you know, CERCLA or EPCRA emissions reporting, where there is some mandate from the federal government to report emissions, but the federal government has worked for years to figure out how to calculate those emissions with very little success. Um, And then those mandated reporting requirements put farmers and ranchers at legal liability because there is no way to accurately calculate and report those emissions. So new agency, new rule, same problem. So 
Let's dive a little bit into, say, someone is selling their beef to McDonald's Mm -hmm. or Tyson, publicly traded company. What is the responsibility on the farmer or rancher if this rule goes through? Give us that scenario breakdown. Sure, sure. So... I think it's important to highlight that farmers and ranchers will not be on the hook for directly reporting to the federal government. But if they're in the supply chain of a publicly traded company, that company will be required to report their emissions to the SEC um, and make make that information available to their shareholders. Um, So McDonald's is a good example. McDonald's would have to report the emissions from their supply chain, which It's a massive supply chain. So when you talk about emissions from beef production, you're talking about emissions from the animal, emissions from everything that the animal consumed, emissions to grow the things that the animal consumed. So we're going all the way back to at least the fertilizer that fertilizes the corn that feeds the animal before it's processed. So... You know, just diving into it a little bit more, and I think to kind of reveal just some of the inefficiencies of this rule, how is that information actually going to be used? What's the plan there? So the goal is, you know, when the SEC writes a rule, they do it in response to shareholder desire. And in recent years, we've seen shareholders and publicly traded companies become more and more focused on supply chain impacts and how the supply chain impacts the risk of the company of which they are a part owner. Um, So that is why the SEC has kind of attempted to expand its reach little by little uh, to these smaller privately held entities. Um, The latest example of that is shareholders who are environmentally sensitive, who want to make sure that they're investing in in a sustainable company, want to be aware of the climate related risk of the company that they're a part owner of. So, you know, climate, it always comes back to climate, right? So the SEC is attempting to gather this information so that shareholders can make investing decisions related to climate change. But one thing that we've gone back to time and time again is that it's likely that information is not going to be accurate. You are exactly right. And, And even the SEC has acknowledged that. They say, you know, we know that that this reporting is is probably not going to be incredibly accurate and our response to that is, well, then why are you attempting to collect it? Because it's only going to give shareholders inaccurate information from which they'll be making really important business and investing decisions. And if you can't give those shareholders accurate information, it almost seems more harmful to give over inaccurate information. So is there something out there right now that is talking about the emissions um, in agriculture and, and is reporting them? So there are some, some large-scale data sets, including the EPA emissions inventory and USDA life cycle assessments that give us kind of a 30,000-foot view of how our industry is doing, right? And that's where we get the 2% number from that, that we love to see every year. Um, EPA has, has worked hard to kind of come up with a, a macro-level calculation that doesn't require the use of individual farm-level data. Um, and so relying on that, I think, is a much better way to get a, some perspective on the progress of the entire industry instead of the individual practices of an individual farm in one spot in the country. So again, the information is already out there, but what this rule is doing is just incredibly inefficient, 
redundant and, and adding responsibility to farmers and ranchers that one, the information's not going to be accurate, and two, that's not the responsibility of a farmer or rancher. Absolutely, and we would urge and will urge in our comments, we'll urge in the SEC to eliminate the scope three reporting requirement or alternatively allow the use of publicly available previously gathered data to satisfy these requirements. Because again, there is no good reason for the SEC through these publicly traded companies to gather individual farm level emissions data. So let's move on to what are we doing about it? What is NCBA working on right now? Because we certainly are not going to stay quiet yeah. here. Like I already said, NCBA is planning to draft our first set of SEC technical comments, um, which is an opportunity um, that we're <laughs> taking a large full, undertaking. A large undertaking that, that you know, we're taking full advantage of. But members can also participate in the rulemaking process. You can go to policy.ncba.org to send a comment letter to the docket and tell Chairman Gensler that the SEC needs to stick to regulating Wall Street and not expand its authority to Main Street, um, highlighting the importance of this rule to the agricultural industry, to farmers and ranchers across the country, in addition to all small business owners. Regulating Wall Street, not Main Street. I think that is the key takeaway here. And NCBA is certainly working to protect farmers and ranchers and protect their ability to run their businesses efficiently and participate in environmental conservation and stewardship in a way that works for them. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Mary Thomas. We appreciate your time today. Thanks for having me. This has been another episode of Beltway Beef. Don't forget to check us out online at policy.ncba.org or catch the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, including SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts.